speaker. Welcome to the Brian P. Swift All Things Inspirational Show. Brian is a best-selling author, keynote speaker, and success coach. Are you ready to move your vision forward and be inspired every Wednesday a little afternoon? Here is your host, Brian P. Swift. Good afternoon and welcome to the Brian P. Swift, a.k.a. Quadfather, all things inspirational show. Yes, it's another hump day and this is the place to be inspired. As you know, I typically start out my show with a quote. So for those of you struggling, those of you who have disabilities, those of you who have been through a lot of turmoil, remember this. Uh, when I when I got hurt 40 years ago, I chose to never let it define me. And I'm telling you, don't ever let these setbacks, injuries, letdowns, and tough times define you. Don't let it confine you. Don't let it refine you. Choose to leave it behind you. And that's the best way to move on. That being said, I get asked by quite a few people because I do quite a bit of coaching and I'm in a lot of different groups out there. Ask how to gain the knowledge to do what they want to do. How do you get to that point of taking on, let's call it entrepreneurship, if you will. So as I talk to these entrepreneurs, and, and, and it's probably daily, I tend to hear the same two problems over and over. And one is, I don't know what to do, which is absolutely mind-blowing because I think we live in a time, a, a, an easy time to get information about anything. You can Google and learn anything anymore and i've seen people do it it's amazing what you can learn if you have the desire to learn the second one is i know what to do but i don't do it i just i i keep finding reasons not to do it and i would say that one is probably more common they tend to find excuses find cop-outs find reasons not to do it and I, this topic's interesting to me, and, and I know it's something I said, but I, I did get a great response from people when I said, you know, failing rarely occurs because of a lack of resources. There are resources out there. You could find ways. You can push yourself to, to get those resources and, and accomplish what you want. May not be as soon as you want. May not be exactly what you want, but you can start to make those steps to, the, to that end goal that you have. But failing usually occurs because of a lack of resourcefulness. And just think about that. It's not a lack of resources. It's a lack of resourcefulness. That is why people fail. They don't find a way to get through what, at some point, they perceive as an impossible task or they don't see themselves in that glorious position after they've worked hard or their fear, which drives us all in a good way. And unfortunately it drives us in a bad way. Fear stops them. And I'm going to tell you the other side of fear is where your success lies. The other side of fear is where the greatness lies. The other side of fear is where all the things you want lie. And 
you have to learn to take that step over fear because it's not impossible. Impossible is not a fact. Impossible is an opinion. Uh, impossible is not a declaration. I look at it imp- the, the word impossible somewhat of a dare. When somebody says that's impossible. I kind of look at it as you've just kind of thrown on the gauntlet and dared me to do it. Impossible is potential. And impossible is temporary because everything in our lives is constantly changing. Just think about this. Everything at some point was impossible until someone crazy enough, brave enough, strong enough, determined enough comes along and makes it possible. So that's my two cents on the word impossible and when people say it's impossible. So take that to to note. Think about where you're at. Sit down. Jot some notes on how to get through that situation you're really in. And I know some people find themselves almost lost. You know, they'll say, I can't, you know, I I need to find myself. I need to figure it out. I'm going to tell you that's not how it works. Finding yourself, figuring it out is a journey. It's not a destination. It's not like you're a $10 bill in last year's winter coat pocket. You're not lost. Your true self is right there, buried under negativity, buried under cultural conditioning, buried under other people's opinion, buried under inaccurate conclusions that were drew about you, other people's beliefs about you. Finding yourself is actually returning to yourself. You're there. You have all, everything you need. It's crossing that fear, maybe unlearning some things that you learned. So it's, look at it, it's an excavation of yourself. Maybe it's something as simple as remembering who you were, remembering your beliefs who you were before some of this tough, ugly world got their hands on you. Because you're capable of accomplishing, of accomplishing amazing things. Your ability to affect others in an uplifting, optimistic way are endless. So... Take advantage of that. Now you need to continue to make yourself a better you. And you never know how strong you are until strong is the only choice you have. A saying from a long time ago, I remember when playing football, coaching football, was good, better, best. Never let it rest until the good become the better and the better become the best. So remember that. We're going to uh, have a brief uh, spot from our announce from our sponsors. We've been blessed to have some amazing sponsors. Um, I, I, I thank them all. Uh, check out my webpage. Check out Soar Outdoor Accessible Recreation. Check out my uh, LinkedIn and Facebook to to get to get a look at the these sponsors who have faith in me and belief in me, and also have the faith in the messages I deliver. Um, I'm so thankful for that. So a word from our sponsors, and then we're going to come back with a social media. Hello, welcome back. This is the Inspiration Location. I'm glad that you're back. 
we have an interesting guest. I thought it would be very interesting to get the perspective of somebody on the other side. We've talked to caregivers. We've talked to people with disabilities. Uh, I thought it would be interesting to get somebody who has disabled parent or parents and talk about their perspective from being on the other side. They're not a caregiver necessarily. They're not a parent. So welcome Callahan Cruz to the Brian P. Swift All Things Inspiration Show. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. So let's start with, uh, how, how old are you? Uh, 19. All right. And you do have a disabled parent. Yeah, I do. We have father, mother, who's disabled? Uh, it's my father. He's uh, he's paralyzed from the neck down. Okay, so how, I mean, has your father been paralyzed long? Uh, yeah, since he was since he was a teenager, so he's been paralyzed all my life. All right, and would you mind, did, I know you said he's paralyzed from the neck down. Uh, any, is he a quad, a para? Uh, he's a quadriplegic. And I, I guess the big question is trying to get your perspective. Um, having a father that's a quadriplegic and spending, you know, as many years as you have, 19 years with this family dynamic, which is not traditional, but probably becoming more traditional. What do you think about your dad's disability? I mean, as a kid, young kid i know you're in your late teens now but it's a young kid if you can go back and remember what thoughts did you have about i mean obviously your dad looked different than everybody else what kind of thoughts did you have honestly as a young kid i never really like felt too different from i i didn't feel like a different type of kid or anything growing up he always acted as fatherly as he could he was always there when i needed him uh he would play catch with me even though he couldn't really use his hands he'd found he'd find a way to you know he'd throw the ball he'd roll it down the driveway to me he'd pop it up as high as he could or he'd hit the football to me and stuff we'd play catch in the driveway and in the yard a lot so as a young kid how about friends i mean your your friends perception any of them have questions have a perception about them or or how how was that? I mean, how did your friends react to him? Um, you know, some of them were caught a little off guard, but I'm also adopted, so uh, I don't look at all like either of my parents. So I wouldn't really tell them much about them because I would think that it was pretty funny for them to to be kind of shocked when they came over to the house for the first time. But I've never had any friends who thought it was strange or treated him any differently than anyone else and like if i needed to be like i couldn't make it to something because you know i needed to be there to help him or help around the house more uh they they would understand i've never had any issues with anyone even if they weren't friends um thinking it was strange that that i had a a quadriplegic father awesome that's good to know so was it was it difficult you know you you brought up you know, if you had to miss out on things, did you have to miss out on a lot of things? Was it difficult in those situations? Uh, no, not really. He would make a lot of sacrifices for me to be able to grow up as, I guess, air quotes, normally as possible. Um, I never really had to miss out on too much other than like the occasional like 
like maybe like a get together, go to a movie I couldn't go to because I had to help out with something. But I've never had any uh, real issues with like getting to do anything. I I played sports in high school. I did musicals. I did plays, and he'd make it to as many as he could, and he'd never uh, he would never make it seem like I couldn't do something because he needed me. Um, he was very supportive and I'm really appreciative for that. Well, it sounds like you did a lot in high school, which is awesome. I think every young man and woman should take advantage of those high school days and even grammar school days, um, because they come by so quick and they go so quick. And, uh, it's an, it's something that is, I'm guessing you look back on, you don't regret all those sacrifices of my gosh, football, full-time, I know what that takes, um, theater, that's, you know, takes a, a lot of time and effort, and then uh, I think you mentioned choir. Uh, yeah, yeah. Awesome. So what kind of things, I know earlier you mentioned throw baseball and, uh, you know, football, so what other things did you do with your father? Um, I mean, did you try to get him to do more? Did he try you to get him to do more? What other activities or things did you do with your father? Uh, we we went on a lot of walks together. He would try to get me to do um, a lot of things, but we have some like differing interests and in things. So I would still, you know, try to help him out. He likes building things. He likes hunting. I'm not particularly into those things, but I enjoy spending time with him. So uh, we would uh, we did a lot of that together. Awesome. Any other things that you? did with him slash your family i'm guessing um we would go on trips together um um i guess the only like thing that would feel different um would be like pushing him around an amusement park which you know it's kind of strange to like you know you, you get a little bit of looks when you have a guy in a wheelchair um in an amusement park because you know they can't get on all the rides and everything um, but he would still be there and he would, he'd love being around. We all love being together and, um, you know, he would do everything to make things feel as normal as possible, I guess. Um, even though he couldn't get on a lot of the rides and he couldn't even go through a lot of the lines with us. Cause you know, there would be stairs or there'd be tight spaces that he couldn't get into and he would wait for us to get through the line and get on the ride. And, uh, sometimes he would, see if he can help us skip time too <laughs> well you know you got to take advantage of those opportunities when you can that's awesome so did he work did he have uh, what hobbies did he have you know being a quadriplegic i'm sure that uh it, it was difficult for him to do a ton or much but did he work did he have hobbies uh you know what do you what were your thoughts on those things what did he do uh, he did work for for a while. I remember when I was a very young kid, I remember him going to work every day and uh, visiting at, at work. Um, I believe he had a job until I was around 15 or 16 years old. Um, I remember also working there a little bit myself. Um, but yeah, he did work for a while. Um, and his hobbies, uh, he likes going on walks a lot or he likes riding around town in his chair a lot um he also enjoys hunting and uh building like tables and and uh other things in the garage he's he's a bit of a handyman even though he can't use his hands 
Interesting. Well, it sounds like if he figures out a way to be a handyman uh, with hands that uh, he's been given but don't work so well, and I'm sure that's why he enjoys having you around or uh, other family members to do these things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we we all help him out. He'll uh, he'll usually uh, he'll ask us to set him up in the garage, and then he'll do everything that he can. Um, um, I'm usually a part of the process when he's building things, but I do very little actually, believe it or not. Um, when he's, when he's making things, I, I, uh, screw on the legs and that's pretty much it. He stands everything down. He, uh, he, uh, lacquers it and everything. And I, I just put on the finishing touches pretty much. (laughs) Awesome. It sounds like a great opportunity to spend some time together and learn a craft, uh, which is a craft that uh, the rest of your life you'll at least have some knowledge in. Uh, even if it's something you don't like, it's something you're learning, and you will, I guarantee, apply it at some point in your future, whether that's to your own house, a friend's house, somebody who wants to build something. All of a sudden, you'll be spewing out knowledge, and they're going to look at you and be like, well, how do you know that? You don't seem to even like this kind of stuff, but yet at least you were exposed to it. So that sounds like it was a good opportunity for you to be exposed to some of this. Yeah, it's uh, it's been really nice, actually. I uh, um, It's allowed me to grow up with a better ethic than a lot of other people. Um, like, I know this one time I went up to my friend's cottage and his dad was digging a, uh, a trench to put cable in. And, uh, I ended up helping dig the trench the whole day instead of, uh, you know, playing pong or going swimming in the lake and everything. And, uh, I really owe a lot of my work ethic to my father. Um, just not like he ever like made me work. He just needed me and being there for him kind of helped build that work ethic in me. Awesome. It sounds like a, a great relationship more dads should have with their kids, not just their sons, but sons and or daughters. So a couple other questions before uh, I give you some final thoughts or you give us some final thoughts. What, what kind of things have you learned from your experiences being around somebody with a disability? Um, well, one really big thing that I've learned is to not ever look at anyone and assume they are or aren't a certain way. Um, I know one thing my father, um, one thing my father has said that he doesn't like is when people think that they have to like hold the door for him. He'll sit there and he'll do, he'll open the door himself. And, uh, he, people will be like, Oh, do you need a hand? Uh, I can wait for you or I can run back. And he'll be like, Nope, Nope. I can get this. And it's, just those it's also part of like that those little accomplishments that mean so much because they just make you feel better whether it was a big thing or a small thing um that's one thing that uh him being disabled has really helped me to realize but the big thing is never judging anyone based on how they look or how they seem um because they could be capable of anything that's a good lesson we uh it's not a new lesson but I think it's sometimes something we forget is to never bu- judge a book by its cover, e- even if they are in a chair or they're using crutches or a cane or 
look differently. You just don't know what their capabilities are. Uh, I'm sure he's experienced that. I'm sure you've experienced that quite a bit. Um, other experiences, other things that you've learned. Uh, can you talk to a couple more of those? Um, yeah, I've, I've learned quite a bit, um, through my experiences with my father. Um, I've learned some medical practices that I've needed to help him with. Sometimes there are emergencies and, you know, I, I won't go into detail on anything, but, you know, I've had, I've had to help him with certain things that, um, most people don't know how to do, um, just because he needed me, someone wasn't home. I had to help him out. Um, I've uh, been able to grow a tremendous amount of patience with people. Um, my father is a very patient man, but every now and then he'll uh, he'll hit you with that quick little that jab, one liner, or whatever. Um, and most people would would probably um, be pretty upset, but it's really allowed me to to grow as a person and to be able to, um, handle different types of adversity. Um, I know, I know personally, especially when someone's in pain, it can be very hard to contain themselves. And I watched him pass kidney stones and, and, um, urinate blood and so many things that people would be in the hospital for and seen him keep his cool and keep his calm through a lot of terrible, terrible things. Um, and that is, just shown me so much um, when it comes to mental fortitude and uh, and keep control of yourself. Um, I work with a lot of people every day, and some of them are not the most pleasant people. Um, and just watching my father being able to contain himself through so much has really allowed me to contain myself through um, having to deal with some people who maybe aren't nicest, and has also allowed me to um, push myself to do a lot of things like just recently I started waking up at four in the morning and going to the gym every day. Um, and I got a, a lot of that drive to do those things to better myself because I see my father working so hard to be as, as, uh, as good as he could possibly be every day. Well, that's awesome to hear. It's uh, I, I don't think we realize how much each of us, yourself included, uh, are an example to others. Uh, we do. We go through the day. We go through situations. We go through these experiences, and and I don't think sometimes we realize who might be watching, and who might have an eye out. And we have to remind ourselves that we are, you know, these living embodied examples, hopefully, of doing the right things. And and whether that's something as simple as. Years ago, giving up a seat in a bus for a woman, whether she's pregnant or not, but just doing things, holding a door open, which I know sometimes does bother people with disabilities, but it's not always because they're in a wheelchair. Um, I come from a time when that was just a, a common courtesy that you did. You opened the door for the people behind you. You gave up your seat. You said please and thank you. You did all these things, and the people around you, especially kids, they learn so much by seeing the things that you do, your other, the other people in the family may see, your friends, uh, you mentioned a weekend that you spent helping somebody's father, uh, you, you can bet that that dad probably said something to his, his kids or other kids 
about what you did. And you didn't do it for that. I get it. You did it just because he needed help. You wanted to do it. Maybe you were enjoying it. Some of those experiences for guys are kind of neat when we get to experience these other things. So that's awesome. I'm glad to hear it. Oh, before you go, any last comments, any last observations, anything else you would like to share? Uh, no, I, I can't think of too much more. Um, I'd just like to, um, hopefully my father's listening. I've told him about the show. I'd, I'd hope that he's listening. Hopefully, uh, I know I listen to your podcast as well. I know you put a lot of the radio shows on your positive perspective podcast as well. Um, so I, I really hope that he was able to hear this today. I'd, I'd really love to, I'd really no love problem. to. We will make sure it gets him. out. We'll make sure it gets out to him, Cal. Thank you for your time and uh, get back to whatever you were doing. Uh, we loved your perspective. Uh, it, it, it was fantastic. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your energy and your insights. Uh, God bless. Have a good day. God bless. Thank you. So let me talk about some qualities that some people, I don't want to say they're the best in the world, but let me talk about some qualities uh, that people who tend to rise to the top have. Uh, It just, this segment with Cal reminded me of so many old school lessons I learned from grandparents and parents. And the way things used to be, because I don't believe it's that way anymore, which is a shame because it doesn't cost anything to be courteous. It doesn't cost anything to be nice. It doesn't cost anything to be patient. Uh, And I think back in the day we knew our place. I know some people find that offensive and that's okay because when you are offended, you know what happens? Absolutely nothing happens when you're offended. So we live in a society where everybody's offended. I, I don't get the big, the big pushback because absolutely nothing happens when you get offended. And I guess growing up in an era of sticks and stones uh, will break my bones. Uh, it, it really is a foreign concept that uh, seems to be being pushed that we should all be bothered or offended. But that's life. I would suggest thicker skin. Um, is my dad gave me a big cup of suck it up. That always seems to help and learn to move forward and don't take things to heart. But the world, the world's best have certain qualities. And it's not even that they're the best. These qualities you can see in, in, in young people and adults, preteens, you find it in athletes, businessmen and women and whatnot. But the, the things, the qualities they have, our moxie, they, they tend to have this way about them, this walk about them, this air. I'm not talking arrogance. I'm talking moxie, very different quality. They tend to be very clear on their purpose. They don't go into anything without understanding their purpose, their why, which you hear that term all the time now, and that is such a strong driver. They've learned to get over their fear and they have this courage zone where they can step into and have less fear than they, than most of us that prevents us from doing things. Another cause they own who they are. I mean, none of us are perfect. 
there's always somebody faster, taller, better looking, you know, more wealthy. But they, they own who they are, and there's nothing wrong with that. Be, a, be genuine. That's who you are. They tend to control what's controllable. Uh, I think this is something we try to work on our whole life. It's not getting caught up in things that we can't control, and it's not an easy one by any stretch, but they learn how to control the things they can control. And part of that is the next quality is they master their thoughts. They tend to have more optimistic thoughts. They tend to have clear ideas of their purpose that they turn into thoughts of them doing the things they want to do. Maybe it's hitting that ball out of the park. Maybe it's scoring a touchdown. Maybe it's building a business from the ground up. And through those thoughts, they also tend to make great choices. And along with that, choices can make such a difference in our lives. And we can't go back, but we can go forward. But think of the choices you've made. Think about if you would have made a different choice where that might have left you. And lastly, they have short memories. Uh, I mean, just think of a baseball player who, for most of them, they're going to strike out or commit an out three out of four times, ballpark. And think about that. That's amazing. Think about a quarterback who throws an interception. Think about in any sports arena you can think about it. But the same is true to life. You know, you, you have to manage your self so strong, so controllable, and get into that purposeful zone. Uh, but having a short memory definitely helps. So those are some qualities that uh, people who learn to rise have. So take that down. And we're going to move on to why outdoor recreation. Now, Swift Outdoor Accessible Recreation is one of our sponsors. And what they do is they help people with disabilities get back outdoors. And why outdoors? What's, what's What's the thing with outdoors? What's the gimmick? What's the... What's the reason outdoors? I'm sure they need help in a lot of ways. But rising up and connecting with the sun is so important. You know, this the visual experience is, is a sight to behold. If you've been out and seen the sunrise, seen the sunset, seen some of the skies, we've all been out there, but people with disabilities tend to lose a lot of their opportunities to get out and do things that they used to do. Maybe it's something as simple as just take a walk on these beautiful paths. Maybe it's as simple as sit out by a bonfire. Maybe it's, you know, riding a bike, whatever it may be. Losing the opportunity to do those things has such a horrendous effect. It's, a, it's, it's negative. It affects our psychology in such a horrendous way. And getting outdoors does promote this production of, I'll call it, you know, the, the happy the happy things in us, the happy, I don't want to call them drugs, chemicals, I'll call them the happy chemicals in us, right? Melatonin, dopamine, is what, as well as other hormones and neurotransmitters, getting outdoors stimulates those, which helps with pain, which helps with our psychology of dealing with things because it helps us set our circadian rhythms and determine, helps determine 
how well we sleep. It helps our brain. It helps our sleep, our health, all these things, all these bodily functions getting outdoors has such an impact on. So, and, and they say, and I'm not a doctor, that disease starts first with our circadian rhythms being disrupted. And that major disruption, if you don't get a hold of it, starts to wear us down. And I'm guessing, again, I am not a doctor, that if those are disrupted, those rhythms, it might slow down that melatonin, that dopamine, uh, other hormones and neurotransmitters that make us feel good. They're in us. That, that stuff is inside of each of us. That's why I exercise so much. I always feel better when I exercise. That's why I go for long rides. Uh, that makes me feel better. That's why you need to get outdoors as much as you can. Get a bit of that, that life-breathing sun and let your body function uh, when it gets some morning sun. See, how, see, see what a difference it is when you're not getting that sun. You know, connect in, with the morning sun or evening sun. Uh, it is so important. It affects your health, whether you know it or not. So get out there. That's what SOAR tries to do. We try to get out there. We try to get people with disabilities out there because there will be an amazing effect when you start to constantly do that. Uh, sitting by a bonfire, think about it. Have you ever seen, for the most part, somebody angry sitting by a bonfire, listening to the wood burn, that smell of smoke, watching the fires change colors, that is, that is the best medication you can have, along with just getting out in the sun and, and enjoying it and being part of that sun. That medication is better, trust me, than anything else foreign you could put in your body. There's a thing called, and it's, it's been around forever, it's been proven, it's called grounding. And that's basically walking in the grass, being around the trees and bushes, uh, in your bare feet and being part of mother nature. Uh, grounding has been around for hundreds, maybe thousands of years. And it's proven to help with those neurotransmitters. It's proven to make people's attitudes better. It's, it's proven to help the dopamine, to help the melatonin. Uh, grounding has been around and you see it, especially if you're in the Midwest with being confined to the house more in the winter, the nights being, the dark, I should say, being longer, these gray days, and there are legit symptoms to being stuck in the house, to looking out and seeing the gray days, to being in the dark. There are legit negative consequences of this. So we try, SOAR tries to help people with disabilities get back outdoors in any way, shape, or form. But I just wanted to speak a little bit about getting outdoors. I think it's crazy important. Uh, it, it will bring a smile to your face. So I challenge everybody to get outdoors, even if it's snowing out. Get outdoors. Enjoy the snow for a little bit, even if it's the back. So get outdoors. Enjoy that. And what we're going to do is we're going to go to our sponsors and listen to a message from them. Again, I, I can't thank them enough. They make this hospital. So a word from our sponsors, and we will be back.
and welcome back to the Inspiration Location. This is Brian P. Swift, and I'm going to talk about Success 101. Just some fundamentals of success doesn't have to apply just to business. It doesn't have to apply just to be an entrepreneur. This applies to all, all things. Success in your sports activities, success in your hobbies, success in your life, success in your business, success in your relationship. Success is success. And when we use the word success, I know a lot of times we think about business, but business is such a small fraction of the success we need in our lives. We need to be successful in so many other ways in our relationships, whether that's a dating relationship, whether it's a married, a man and woman being married, whether it's a friendship, no matter what that relationship is, business relationship, we need to be successful in it. And I think one of the big things, it, it starts with visualizing your life and in, in building optimistic, positive, good thoughts. And I think those good thoughts then turn into good actions. You'll see them turn into good, powerful words. And then, more importantly, because of the consistency, if you do this with, you'll see them turn into good habits. And these good habits turn into building blocks for future success. And remember, the stronger the foundation, the stronger these building blocks are, the more the building is able to withstand challenges and changes in its environment. And remember this. You personally are that building. I am that building. You are a building unto yourself that has to deal with challenges and ups and downs. And in order to deal with them the best you can, this strategy does work for you personally. Also, because life is short, and it really is short, consistency will get you far far. You know, follow some of these nine habits and you'll see that your success skyrockets. By sticking to them, you'll see yourself hopefully move faster and you'll see more change and become that self-made success that you're looking for. And once again, it doesn't have to be in business, but success is out there waiting for you. And the first thing in it, I, you need to do is read. Read a lot. Read as often as you can. Nothing is more powerful than words of wisdom. And the reason I say wisdom is there is a lot of information out there. More today than ever. Information, information, information. I don't know how much is true. Uh, there is so much information out there that contradicts things. But wisdom is forever. Wisdom is something different. So keep learning. Keep improving yourself. And it will help you travel far in life. I promise you that. Be positive. I talked about that early. Be positive. Have good thoughts. Good thoughts turn into good actions. Good actions turn into words. Words turn into habits. So be positive. Positivity is a kind of boost that takes us from our worst day to a tolerable day. It could take a, a day that maybe you didn't accomplish as much as you did, but you will be able to see the success in what you did accomplish. And to be honest, the, they talk about there's a silver lining and everything. I, I do believe that. There's almost, I'll say almost always, a positive element in almost every situation in life. You can learn from your mistakes. 
Mistakes are just opportunities to learn. They make you stronger. It's just a fact. And an attitude of viewing every defeat and problem as an opportunity sure gives you a different perspective in life. And you're going to hear me talk about it again. It's one of my favorite John Maxwell classes. Sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. And as long as you are learning, you are not failing. Number three, stand out. You have to stand out to get noticed. It's, it's really that simple. You need to separate yourself from the herd and create your own herd. And I'll tell you this even further. You will become the sum of the five people you surround yourself with. So who you surround yourself with can take you up, can take you down. So watch who you surround yourself with. It is so important to learn to push yourself into situations in situations you might not have to help yourself stand out. Which leads into number four, which can almost be seen as the same, which is hang out with successful people. You know, you need to hang out with people that are already there, that are further than you. I, I say it a lot. You'd never want to be the smartest person in a room because if there's, you're the smartest person in the room, you really have nothing to look out up for. You have nothing to be surprised about. I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. Uh, on the other side, I don't want to be the least smartest person in the room. Somewhere in between there would be fine. And I don't think I ever will be the smartest person in the room. And I'm okay with that. Doesn't bother me a bit. I have no problems with that. The next thing that helps us seek feedback. Uh, you know, you've got to get feedback from somebody outside looking in. It really helps. And I'm talking about this no holds barred communication from employees, from friends, from relatives, from whoever. Get constructive feedback, whether that's on your product, whether that's on your process, whether it's on what you're personally doing. Get feedback on that. Trust me, it is so necessary in order for you to grow. Being flexible is the next one. Uh, in, in every progression in our life, moving forward is going to come an obstacle, a roadblock, uh, a stumbling block. And you really have to learn to become flexible to get around these things, to get through these things, to get over these things. Don't let it stop your dreams. Don't let it stop your optimism. Um, be flexible in your decision-making and be flexible in your actions. That being said, the next one would be have backup actions. You know, that you, talk, you, you hear people joke, well, now plan B. Well, I'm hoping there's a plan B. There, hope, uh, there better be a plan B. I hope you have a plan C because one route may not work. And the more routes you have, the bigger chances you have of reaching your destination successfully. So contingency plans, fallback plans are so critical to anything you're doing in life, not just business, not sports, not hobbies, in life. So it's important to make those things a priority to have. 
I love waking up early. I hope you like waking up early. Um, I think it's important for me getting up early is is a key, I think, to part of my success, which means you might have to adjust and get to bed early. You might have to say no to certain things. But getting up early after a good night of sleep is so critical and creates far less stress if you're up and you've gotten stuff done by the by the time a lot of people are just getting up. What a great feeling. And the last is being it for the long run. So don't look at it as if this doesn't happen by then, I'm going to be done with it. A lot of the things you want in life are going to take a long grind. So that long grind is a time that you might have underestimated. Don't quit on it yet. Keep thinking long-term, long-term, long-term. Things that happen quick usually don't last. Building a quick foundation is never going to be the sturdiest foundation. So if you have a goal in mind, be a goal uh, uh, of any sorts. Be willing to bear any obstacle along the way. Be willing to put in the time. And I'm telling you, you'll find a way to get there. If you work on these habits, you're going to find that they bring you to a good place. They bring you to a good point in time and are worth pursuing. That being said, I just want to get one more shout out to a person in, in, in an organization that's been very, very supportive. You've probably heard of CD and me, and they are having another amazing comedy night uh, with David Scott. Back by popular demand on February 26th. So you can get your tickets at cdandme.co backslash events. Check out CDME. They have amazing events through these times when we feel stuck inside. So I would tell you to pursue them. They have great owners, great patrons, and it's an amazing place. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a blessed day. Take care.